Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Good Nightmare Podcast, a podcast where I like to talk about all things strange and unusual, whether it's mysteries, historical crimes, or fairy tale origins. I hope you'll come along for the ride and join me as we delve into some spooky tales. Happy listening! Hey everybody, welcome to Couples... (laughs) (laughs) You're literally the worst. Saving that one for you. What are you cutting at? I can read, you can read, we can read, we're reading together. I married you, you married me, we got married, yeah we married each other. Now we're reading books, talking in mics, discussing stuff. With one another, we're a, a couple's book club. Welcome to Couples Book Club, bitches. I'm Lauren. Fucking damn it. That guy's Isaac. We're married. And I do all the work, but only for the podcast, not in real life. Yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> in I'm, real life, he does all the work. I was going to take, take mild issue with that. <laughs> for the podcast, I'm responsible for our bills, he is the man. And I don't mean that because he is the man, he is in charge of being a breadwinner. I just mean like he's the man because he like, is. Like, like I'm like an oppressive authority figure? Because he does all the work. Like capital M man? Yeah. Okay. Friends and enemies. If there are enemies listening to this podcast, I welcome you. I, I would enjoy inflicting this book on my enemies, actually. <laughs> um... We read for this episode without mercy a a a novel of sorts. Wasn't there wasn't there like an Uncle Jesse thing where he did like an oh mercy kind of thing? Have mercy. Oh, have mercy. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, okay. He also said, "Don't touch the hair." Okay. And he's obsessed with Elvis. Yeah. No, I, I, rem- I remember the the broader strokes of that character. I just thought there was like a like a catchphrase or something that he had. Listen, Stamos can still get it. Without Mercy is by Colonel David Hunt and R.J. Pinheiro. It's pronounced colonel. Pronounced colon. L. <laughs> what? I don't know. How is that even a joke? It's not really a joke. It's just, it, 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 I phrased it like it's supposed to be a joke, but it's not hey, remember, really funny. Remember Colin Powell? Yes. And how uh, he got, like, severely fucked by that UN speech? Yeah, but also he could have not. Yeah, no, he was complicit, it. but but yes. he also kind of got stood up on some bad intelligence. Right, 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 right. We read this book. Isaac finished it like two months ago. I finished it like a month ago, and by a month ago I mean a week. A week now, yeah, like a week. Um, it took me a really long time to get through, not because it's a difficult read, but because it's a emotionally difficult read in that it's bad I didn't want to read it I could read like 70 pages in an hour which is good because it's almost 700 pages well see that's why I think it was it was a perfect uh, plane read yeah because I read like I don't know probably about two thirds of it on the plane yeah uh, so it's like I'm trapped in this death tube I can't go anywhere sure I'm just gonna like 
stare at this these tree slices that are telling me stuff and <laughs> do that. And well, I did. I had it at the doctor's office, and like I had to wait for the doctor, and I read like nine chapters because the chapters are like three pages long. Which is both good and bad. Do you want your note card notes? I always toss them afterwards. So, you can... He had their two tiny note cards filled with, with tiny notes with page numbers. The frequency definitely tails off markedly after that first, uh, the first side of the first one, which is fairly standard. I take notes like that because it's like, at the beginning everything is important, and then mm-hmm. I just stop caring. So... Well, also, I would say that the... Well, there's a lot of character development. Yeah, character development. It's in the, the first it's like the 150 the pages, maybe, and then like the first third to half. Yeah. And then when it's just like action, like trying to beat the clock, shit. In the second half, it's not that it's no longer problematic or terrible. It's just that it's. It's pretty breezy. There's enough happening that it goes pretty quick. Well, and there's there's very little like idea content. Sure. It's just like stuff happens, and then additional stuff happens. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like a, um, it, 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 in some ways was a little bit like, um, Patriot Games, um, in the way that it was problematic and also too long and also, like, action-filled. I think Patriot Games was better written, though, from, like, a stylistic standpoint, yeah. I felt like that yeah, was... Tom Clancy's probably a better writer. It was more engaging as, like, a piece of, you know, pseudo-literature versus this. Sure. Like, not like... I didn't like Patriot Games, and Heaven a lot of the ideas are, are garbage, but sure. it was like, this is fairly, like... I hesitate to say, like, writerly, but it's like, this is, you know, this is written by a person who may have an MFA. But Yeah, this seemed a little bit more amateurish. Although, apparently, uh, Colonel David Hunt is a New York Times best-selling author. So, there's that. I mean, I, I usually judge a writer's skill by how many copies they've sold, so... Well, yeah, because the masses have great opinions. Nicholas Sparks, Shakespeare of our generation. I think you mean E.L. James's. Whatever. I mean, yeah, we've read a lot of shit books on this podcast. This is a special kind of shit. Um, Grocery store purchased Patriot porn. It wasn't, like, aggressively shitty, which may have actually been been better, but I think it was kind of like, well, it it reminded me of, well, yeah, like the Nicholas Sparks book where it was like, I was expecting something that was going to be, like, aggressively bad. Yeah. And it was just kind of, like, overwhelmingly mediocre. Yeah. Which was sort of disappointing because like if I can get into a good like I can like sink my teeth into a good hate read but if it's just like meh well people ask me what the worst book that we read for the podcast is and I keep going back to Fifty Shades of Grey which made me so actively angry yeah I was pretty I was pretty angry at that book and it's incredibly poorly written um, this is a little bit more like middle of the road in quality. There's just some like offensive ideas that I'm like, oh my god. I might have actually been maddest to eat, pray, love. Yes, that was fun. That was fun. We that was that was better writing, but the ideas were just like absolute mm-hmm. garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that that that's probably that would be my vote for not the the worst piece of writing but the one that made me the maddest yeah that's up there it's up there and I will say, if you go back and listen to episode 10, where we had a special guest, um, local creep and photographer, Adam Iverson. Um, I like the idea of local creep as like the like the banner when he's being like interviewed on TV for something. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great. And it's a lot of fun. And I will say... Um, that we will have a guest in an upcoming episode, another guest. Maybe, what, a couple episodes out, maybe? Maybe next episode? No, not next episode. Yeah, a couple episodes out. Ne- are probably our next hate read, which we haven't decided on, so we're taking suggestions. Yeah. Should we talk about this book? I guess. <laughs> just, I, I was just side-eyeing Atlas Shrugged over here that I still oh. have to read a bunch of. You did that to yourself. He's teaching it, so he's rereading it again. Oh, I'm hate teaching it, though. Okay. Which is different. That's a good good difference. Because it's just like, hey, you know capitalism? This book's kind of about that. That's that's how I'm going to present it to the kids. All right. Okay. You know this dominant financial system that runs, you know, the largest portion of the world? Here's a thousand pages of someone, you know, I don't know, like jerking off their brain about it. Brain jerk. So just like, you like, off, is that like you, your your uh, like brain stem? You like get some maybe. friction going around that? Yeah, possibly. Not sure how it works. I was doing kind of an up and down jack off motion. That's, that's a little too a little too phallic. I want to start our discussion of this book with the dedication page. I'm just, I do not recall. Just Alberto Gonzalez. That a, shit. I almost Did you just, see that? What? I said I do not recall. Oh, Alberto Gonzalez. Oh, you beautiful. Adorable, sweet, cutest sweet little war criminal ever. Little war criminal. Oh, you're so cute. Pinched oh, little so, cheeks. Oh, it's so cute. What are that guy's doing? I don't know. Crimes, <laughs> misdemeanors, etc. Uh, wow. Okay. Hey, remember when that seemed like a, a dark time? Jesus. Quaint. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. Okay. This is serious. This is the dedication. Which I almost took a picture of, put on my Instagram, uh, but then I didn't because I had just posted the cover of the book. I think. Yeah. To those who gave their lives in the global war against terrorism, to those who continue to fight this noblest of fights, to the victims of cowardly acts of terror, and to their families. Hashtag never forget. Hashtag whatever. Can I can I see my index cards real quick? Yes, you may. I think there was something that I put on here that... Sorry, continue. It's going to take me a minute to, to find okay. it. Well, Isaac uh, looks for something on his notes. Oh, these are out of order. That's why. God damn it. Okay, there we go. Uh, hey, in the acknowledgments, uh, they say being authors is a little bit like being astronauts. Okay, whatever. Did you find it? Yeah. Um, just the cowardly thing. Uh, we've had this discussion before. Yes. But... Uh, that always, well, it it pisses me off in relation to nine eleven, mm-hmm. um, which you know I've studied the crap out of, so it's sort of my jam. But uh, that like there's an argument to be made in terms of like target choice that you hit you know, soft targets, especially with like the World Trade Centers, primarily civilians and all that stuff. Right. But and 
I think, well, I can use that as an entry point into the first thing that I thought was sort of interesting in here as well, but, like, I think of, I don't know, drone warfare as being something that's more cowardly than, like, killing yourself in an act of terror, because that's at least committing and putting your skin in the game versus, like, you know, bombing someone from an Air Force base halfway around the world. Yeah. Which is, you know, certainly not to, you know, be pro 9-11 or advocate any of that, but I just feel like that's a... You can think it's wrong and fucked up. I just feel like that's a... I don't... I'm too much of a coward to drive to, uh... I just feel like that's a... Drive? Fly a plane and That's a lazy... That's a lazy criticism that's based on, like, patriotic garbage. Right. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very, very simplistic view, and, um shockingly this book isn't super nuanced about the motivations of the terrorists well and it's like if you want to say like bin laden i think there's certainly an an argument to be made for him as the cowardly figure because he just like hangs out in his uh you know his compound nice house and makes other people yeah makes other people uh you know go do his bidding right but like no, that was, I mean, there was the, the entry point to the first thing was in the first, I don't know, this is in the, the sort of run-up to the, um, the like, tactical nuke attack on the, the air base in Afghanistan or whatever, that's sort of the instigating scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a decent job in a couple spots of sort of talking about, like, and it happens a couple other places. Because I think one of the one of the guys who was sort of involved with the bomb making had like family members killed in a drone strike. I think. Yeah, a uh, number. I feel like a number of or most of the terrorist organization people who got like any character background, a lot of them, yeah, had been killed. Well, because like at the beginning, I thought they did a pretty good job of like. Here's the legacy of drone warfare. Yeah. And then also talking about people who had been, like, detained and interrogated and tortured. Yes. And positioning some of that as blowback, mm-hmm. which I thought is something you don't necessarily get a ton of. So yes. I thought I thought that was fairly nice at the beginning that they positioned it that way. Although, is it... Which, again, doesn't justify acts, but just says, like, hey, you know, sketchy shit happens this is potentially a consequence so don't be stupid and do illegal crap essentially there is the thing with fuck I, and i'm not going to be able to find it but there is so basically isis has partnered with isi which is the pakistani intelligence forces that part was also super believable because isi is sketchy as fuck oh yeah like this is not an implausible scenario in some respects yeah um and isi is basically um making these like kind of compact nuclear devices for them to do, do a coordinated attack on the united states but like spreading like misinformation through the like intelligence channels like chatter and stuff that makes it and ISIS is also going to claim these attacks um, so that uh, Pakistan doesn't get uh, implicated because technically they're one of the United States' allies or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, no, I, it was sort of interesting. I guess it was, I think it was maybe right before I read this. I read that uh, uh, Director at S book, the Stephen Cole, Cole, however you say his name, uh, book that's all about like post 9-11 Afghan-Pakistani sort of politics about the like war in Afghanistan. Uh, and like all the like incredibly sketchy stuff that ISI was doing in terms of like consistently promoting and propping up the Taliban and just like taking US money and doing nothing mm-hmm. with it and supporting all these different terror groups that were doing things and it's like these hyper complicated sort of regional politics where they're super paranoid about India uh, and so they're basically doing anything to promote groups that will help protect them from India uh, and that stuff but like yeah all of that read rang pretty true right Com- you know in, in accordance with like the stuff I know about ISI and there are all these sort of allegations about to what degree they had foreknowledge to what degree elements within ISI maybe even contributed funding to 9-11 and stuff like that so it's like yeah entirely that that I guess as a jumping off point for the story was sort right. of believable Sure. I don't know about the Not implausible. like false false flag like ISIS stuff, but I know that's just sort of a trendy group to talk about, I suppose now. So yeah. it, it made sense for them to use them for that purpose. But sorry, that was a tangent. I think. But, no, I was just looking for. So there's a thing, and I it I might have the character switched here, but there's this guy named Atik Gadai who is the head of ISI. And he is also the one building these nuclear devices. That sounds right from what I remember. Um, and I believe he is angry because his family was killed in a drone attack. That sounds right, yeah. Um, and he like came home and he was like, my family was innocent, blah, blah, blah. And supposedly they were trying to blow up the neighbor. But then we find out later from um, Karai, who is the uh, Pakistani prime minister, and they're like childhood friends, like, because we can, it's like, you know, third person omniscient, we know Karai's thoughts, is that he, is that actually, like, Gadai's dad was involved in, like, terrorism, so they didn't, like, miss their target. Yeah. They weren't collateral damage. Yeah. But he, like, won't tell his friends that. I mean, the family's still collateral damage, well, yeah. even if the dad was doing stuff. Right. But... Well, he, he wasn't home. Yeah, it was his parents and his siblings, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. But, yeah, that it wasn't, like, a missed... Like, they didn't blow up the wrong house. Yeah. Um, or something like that. I think it's I think it's those two. Either that or it's the other way around. No, that sounds right. I think I think it's that, though. I still don't think that, I mean, I don't know that that invalidates the point that they're sort of making at the beginning, but it does sort of undermine it a little bit. If it's like, hey, you know, drone strikes help create this, but oh, wait, we actually get it right. Sometimes, yeah. at least. Yeah. But no, I, th- I thought at the beginning, because I don't know, I came to it expecting it to be like, I don't know, page hit porn in a certain kind of way. And, and it, cer- it, is. it certainly is. Yeah. But that, I guess, kind of caught me off guard a little bit at the beginning. That's like, oh, that's mildly nuanced. Okay. Right. There's a reason these people are angry at the United States in particular. And there's not a lot of talk about, like, 
actual Islamic beliefs or anything. Although there are a lot of jokes about going to see virgins. Well, and they're... I forget which character... That are hacky. All right? Which character it is. Those are hacky jokes. It might be the... Uh, uh, You're going to make a snarky comment before you, like, personally execute some uh, Islamist, like, extremists. Like, come up with a better joke. Like, work on some materials. Like, you don't have time. Yeah, can't you make, make, like, some sort of, I don't know, like, pork-related joke? Pork-related joke. Dive deep on the Quran. Find out some weird shit that Muhammad said. Well, because I feel like, I don't remember which character it is. I think it might be one of the sort of... Do some uh, Sunni Shia material. Terrorist, I don't know. Terrorist guys. But, like, there's, like, one or two really out-of-context, like, Quran quotes that they return to a bunch of times. Oh, well, yeah, Gadai has, like, the... That are... keep saying. It's like, I mean, you can, you can, you know pull like hyper selected passages out of like one of the sword verses or something like that and find that but like you can do that with the bible or any other major religious text like there's nothing unique about that uh it's full of fucked up shit and it's one thing if they're presenting it as like hey this you know demonstrates the degree to which these guys are operating on a very selective reading of this text that's not representative of the faith I mean, as a whole no or something. Satanic Bible. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is, honestly? <laughs> a masterpiece, certainly. Masturbatory piece. Yeah. Am I right? Yep. 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 That I I think that's fist bump worthy. I gave I'm just gave myself a fist bump. You get Travis fist bump him. Travis is our stuffed otter, he's amazing. He's also the uh, official legal counsel for this show. Yeah, he's an otter me. Is that how you were saying it? Otter- attorney. Attorney. Yeah. There we go. Um, in case we ever get sued for, I don't know, like defamation or something? Libel? Yep. An otter will take oh, These it. are like reviews. We're not saying anything like. No. Especially bad. But this is, I think this is, this is clearly like, it's fair, like fair use. use. Yeah. yeah. Like for criticism or satire purposes. And we're doing both. Um, so that part at the beginning I sort of appreciated, but then it was largely downhill from there. Okay, I'll try to give a short, broad outline of kind of the basic plot. Okay. And characters, if I can remember. I've tried to block it out. So, um, so ISIS and, and uh, ISI working together blow up this s- small but obviously devastating nuclear device at a U.S. airbase in Afghanistan. Well, and Bagram was kind of notorious during the Afghan war as being, like, a transit site for people, so that people would be held there, and... Um, oh, wh- like, prisoners. One of the detainees who died under torture circumstances died at Bagram, so a guy who was held, and they threw um, ice water on him and left him in a, a freezing cell overnight, he froze to death. So this is in the in the like oh, weird. That Senate that committee happen. in the Senate committee report on torture that figures in there fairly prominently. Don't you so own that? I did. Oh. Um, they gave it out as a free download. I think when Haspel was being confirmed. So I have a PDF of it as well. Okay. But it's Fine. good. It's good reading if you like really grim, brutally depressing stuff. So I do not. But I appreciate your background knowledge. Yeah. Anyway, so so you know, Bagram's a good a good yeah. target for them. So they blow up, and ISIS is like, "Yeah, we did that." And in particular, this guy like Khomeini or whatever is the um, kind of 
uh, cleric who, an ISIS-related cleric who, who claims it or whatever, and he, you know, is releasing some sweet-ass videos because they got footage of, like, the mushroom cloud and shit. I think I wrote that down as a nuclear selfie, which I appreciated. <laughs> Where he's just, like, posing in front of the mushroom cloud. Hey, girl. Which is kind of awesome, honestly. But. Um, yes. And so, obvi, the U.S. is like, fuck. Bro, bro. 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 Because, like... Bro. 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 Exactly. Um, and the new... She's been in office less than a year or whatever, so she's pretty new. The president... Uh, Laura Vaccaro. Lady President. Lady President. Brown President. Fantasy World. Um, she, well, she's a, she's just a sympathy electee because her husband died. Yeah, her husband is dead. Um, so she she's fucked, but not recently. Um, she is, although she might, she kind of has a thing. She's for, like, banging that dude that who dude. rescued her when she was a soldier, I think. He's not her chief of staff. That's that Lisa Jacobson woman. He's like her, like head like you know, oh he's the, he's the head of something hello uh, but yeah. she's a she's a military veteran of you know our many Middle Eastern wars Sand Freedom never ended Operation Sand Freedom and um, you know so she's kind of got these ideas about like how we have to strike back and she gets sick of the bureaucracy pretty quick and she's Gloves like off bro She's like, no more fucking PowerPoints that talk about all the nuances. Let's go outside the normal channels. Who gives a shit about the Constitution? Well, we're going to have this team. But here's, here's the thing. Wait, what's the thing? No name. Nameless. How do we know what team it is, then? The people who need to know, know. Oh, damn, that sounds cool. Right? And if shit hits the fan, she's going to own it because she's stand-up like that. Yep, she is. Just like fucking cardboard Kenda in there. <laughs> um, so that's going on with uh, President Picaro in um, in Washington. And she, yeah, she has a couple close advisors who've known her since her military days and are on the same page with her and are helping coordinate this eventually. And then we also have FBI Special Agent Monica Cruz. She's like, fag in. Uh, early 2000s John McCain. She's such a maverick. She'll lose cannon. Uh, R.I.P. soon. Loosest cannons. Um, is that in poor taste I'm talking about how John McCain's about to die? Sidebar? Yes. Uh, and this has come up, you know, recently. Can we, like... Can we dial back the John McCain American hero rhetoric a little bit? If you... Mil- military he service be, and that he line... He was a hero. Certainly. But, like, dude has made some fairly sketchy political moves many times yeah so like occasional occasional you know pseudo principled stands cool yeah uh you know military service and that stuff depending how you feel about the vietnam war and stuff cool but like and i'm sure like and obviously like also i mean you know for his family it's horrible i mean it's it's the standard like revisionist history kind of thing right there are certainly you know good aspects listen when i die i want um you know let i mean i guess maybe just like let my family do a nice little like mormon thing where they say some prayers and sing some hymns but then after they leave get out the booze and i want people to fucking roast me 
I, I want like a, like an airing of grievances kind of thing. I want people to it's talk. Like, this guy sucked because shit about me at my funeral because I believe in truth, no matter how awful it is. So I'll just not and cap, maybe that's cap. why I'm sad. It's one of the reasons, probably. <laughs> but um, fuck, where was I? Okay, Mon- Monica Maverick. Monica Cruz. She's a special agent. Um, she, she, she doesn't follow the rules. Um, she rides a motorcycle. Also a military veteran, like everybody in this book. Um, she, uh, wait, is she a veteran? She at least saw some action as, like, Yeah, she was in the military, I think. Yeah. Well, because she was, she was with, uh, whatever his dude's name's team for a while. Yes. Doing stuff, so... I know she's formal military, but she's done. Yeah, like she's she's been out on ops and stuff yes, before. Yes. So she, um, I guess, is kind of a badass if you care about her as a character at all. Um, she doesn't care about people's civil rights. Um, and there's this like rich, like Pakistani-born dude who's got like an import-export like fancy shit store. I don't know, probably like rugs or whatever. He was kind of mixed up with some, like, gun running stuff, and she thinks that he is doing more shady shit and that he is related to this bombing. But everyone's like, oh, no, we checked him out. He's clean. Right. And you can't you can't get, up, get, get after him because political correctness. Right. And so she basically, like, does her own stakeouts and, like... There's this whole like weird shootout thing with her with some of his guards. Oh, yeah, she beats. She like beats up those bodyguards, and then she's yeah. like staking out his warehouse that one time and like yeah. hiding in the woods. Yeah, she is definitely going um, off the grid. She's going rogue, bro. Yeah, off the reservation. I was gonna say that, but I which can't is probably racist. racist. I think it is racist. I think it's kind of racist. But then she. So she's in trouble for, like, harassing that dude, basically. But then um, when the president is like, I need people who are going to get shit done and don't care about the Constitution, uh, the FBI is like, oh, I know someone. So they could have they called their team, like, I don't know, the shit doers or something like that. <laughs> what, that would look awesome on, like, a Letterman jacket. Shit doers. Like, they just make, just, like, for the team. Sure. Sure, 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 and they're only like I don't know like 10 people who have them and everyone's like oh man that's a shit doer and then you know instant celebrity everyone's buying yeah. drinks and shit <laughs> it's perfect so she's part of this team and um, kind of in the meantime in the days after the attack at Bagram we find out that there are a couple more nuclear devices en route um, to the United States via these giant um, ships. Yeah, like cargo ships. <laughs> I'm like, boats for shipping a yep. ship. Yep. Yeah, giant like cargo boats. Um, and they've got this like, uh, so it's like ISI agents basically um, who are they've got like a, a a fake like security company or whatever they're posing as and so the ships don't know that they have a nuclear device aboard um 
and um, the f first one there's a guy named Malik who is in charge of that and they had to like Mal were you saying Malik? Hmm? Malik? yeah Malik was what Malik. I was saying okay. Malik is in charge of this one that's going to New York and they want to get into the New York Harbor and blow you know nuclear bomb that shit um but they how do they get it? is it from um what's her name Gadai's daughter that they find out there are the more devices on the the way I think that's it that's definitely how they do the Houston one I don't remember I exactly that. what happens with the New York one so Gadai the well um, yeah because I guess they I clog it up guy. and they start searching ships that's why he has to sort of yeah. improvise his daughter whatever what's her name is it Mar is that Miriam Miriam yeah so Miriam is an ISI agent uh, slash was a doctor she's been westernized she like went to school in England it's trouble med, med school and now she's like fucking the CA guy named Gorman or whatever she is like snooping on her dad's computer or whatever and figures out that that Pakistan's involved, her dad's involved, and that there are more devices on their way. I think there was supposed to be a third one, but it was like on a plane and it got turned back or something. Yeah, because I think they had one on like a cargo plane. I think there was one that was going to go to like San Francisco maybe. I want to say, didn't it, didn't it land in France? Or it was in France. Turned it back to Pakistan. Because I th well, there's that. Well, maybe that's just part of the wrap up when they arrest those uh, those Saudis in Paris when they're on like a shopping yeah, no, trip or whatever. It, yeah. Yeah. So Miriam finds out. She tells Gorman. Um, and so now they know. Uh, that there are ones on ships, and so maybe she only saw the New York one. But basically, they start searching all the ships. Everybody's held out of the New York Harbor. And so Malik ends up figuring out that he can't get any closer to the city than he is already and detonates the device. I mean, he ends up running it into lower Manhattan. Oh, yeah, he does. Yes. Pretty much okay, where yeah. you want it to be anyway, I would think. Yeah, he just like but... tries to escape from all the like authorities or whatever. Yeah. Um, yes. Because he, so... he, he guns it and he's got machine gunners. Mm -hmm. So they manage to get through. And they don't get to them in time. And, yeah. He suicide nuclear bombs uh, New York. It's a tactical, bad. though, so it's not massive. But it's enough to, like, right. wipe out right. most of lower Manhattan. And unfortunately, the winds made all the, like... Fall out. Because had to see. The ocean, yeah. Um, Choke on that Long Island, probably joke on that Europe wah, wah. Um, and so obviously after that the second attack everybody's super freaking out they send uh, Monica to Texas I don't even remember what precipitated that because they didn't know one was coming to Texas well I think they were concerned about because knowing more devices were out there mm -hmm. uh, and I think thinking that like getting something over the border through Mexico. Well, because it, cause it was the... She was at the... Uh, it was Houston, right? Is where they sent her? Yeah. That's where it was supposed to go, the other one. Yeah. 
where this woman, sexy, sexy intelligence agent, Salma, um, she's on the other ship, and she, uh, we kind of follow her adventure for a while. Well, yeah, because they're going to get stopped going into Houston, uh, and yes. so she uh, uses her lady wiles to get the captain to take it uh, sort of to the coast of uh, Mexico and sort mm-hmm. of an off the beaten path area, and then they like speedboat it to the coast. Well, because they are, because uh, ISIS is in cahoots with um, the various Mexican cartels. Yep. Drug cartels. Obviously. Some, uh, some bad hombres, if you yep. ask me. And she meets this guy Montoya, who then she later fucks on an airplane. Yep, like you do. Um, and they were going to help her sneak it into the U.S. And, like, Monica figures out kind of the route they're taking, but it's just, like, one step behind them the whole time. But like several steps them. ahead of other all the the stodgy oldsters right. in uh, homeland else security. Her and shit. Yeah. And then I think the other major party would be Colonel Hunter Stark. Yep. Who I think is the bald man on the front of this. Yeah. And I assume the other guy is Ryan. So Colonel Stark <coughs> with um on some like CIA FBI missions in like Afghanistan, and then they did some shit. They knew each other from, like, Arizona or something. It doesn't really matter. But she knows these guys. They're, um... What even are they? Aren't they special forces? Essentially? Yeah, they're special forces. Okay. Um, Just, like, CIA hit teams? Yeah. And she has a, like, a thing with this Ryan guy who's the sniper on the team. Um, but she hasn't seen him in a long time. And, um... They end up doing some shit in Pakistan, and then they end up joining up with her, and then they're, like, you know, they just shoot a lot of people yep. together. Yeah. Um, it's, how, it's how all great great romances start. So, basically, uh, Salma's able to get her weapon into the U.S., um, and is trying to... The new plan is to try and get it to D.C., and and exploded there, and um, the president and the team with no name, and the special forces shit doers, the shit doers are trying to stop that from happening. They don't know that's the plan, but they're trying to you know get the weapon for and before they detonate it, and um, that's kind of the rest of the book. Well, there's Spoiler there's alert, a sequel or something, they isn't do there? Stop it. Isn't there another one after this, theoretically? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little, like... But, which I did not read. chapter at the end. The next book is... I think it's called Without Fear. With Even Less Mercy. Yep. And there's just a lot of uh, problematic shit about, like, oh, if America didn't have such uh, generous immigration laws, these people wouldn't be able to move there and infiltrate the society and have these, like, ISIS sleeper cells ready to help them bring this bomb to Washington. And also due process is dumb. Let's just shoot people. Well, yeah, I think I think the part and it's I guess it's meant to be sort of jarring uh in that way, but like when uh Selma is uh getting the device into like the greater DC area and then they get sort of caught in that dragnet or whatever mm-hmm. outside of the city when Monica just like straight up shoots her, just like executes her. Yeah. Instead of like keeping her, like you would neutralize the device by that point. 
Yeah. Like, there's no reason to take her out. She might have... You know, this seems like a prime opportunity for you to waterboard the crap out of her to get information or something. Mm -hmm. Like, we have Guantanamo for a reason, right, for situations like this. But... That that's not meant seriously. Just in case my tone is unclear, right. but he, a joke. uh, yeah, that's just like a cartoonish version of like, no, you don't, you don't do that. That's not how that works. I but mean, you shouldn't do that anywhere, but especially like on U.S. soil, you're not going to do that. But it's also like it's coming from the top down. The car is like, do what you have to do. I don't give a shit. With the oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean it's it's. I think people were like a little bit like, bro, what? But, like, nothing's going to happen to her because of it. She's sort of retiring anyway, going back going back to the oh, family Monica. farm, the yeah. ranch. The ranch, the family ranch. Uh, but, yeah, no, all the stuff about, like, political correctness impeding, you know, us doing what we need to do to defend ourselves kind mm-hmm. of thing is, yeah, comes across in a very, like, hyperbolic sort of way. But it's all, yeah, and there's also there's no absolutely no recognition of the, I mean like there's some serious cognitive dissonance in this book where it's like U.S. military and CIA whatever actions directly lead to the radicalization of people who are attracted to these terrorist movements. Sure. Um, but then we treat those people in really horrible shitty ways thereby radicalizing their, uh, you know, further their family and friends. Right, like right, right, right. You know, who see how we treat them. They're like, oh, well, they think that we're garbage anyway, so why not join up and fight against them? And it's it's just like, you know, it's like a self-perpetuating thing, but there's no recognition of that. It's like, it doesn't matter what it takes. Well, and even the way they uh, ultimately choose to respond to to Pakistan when they, you know, discover that there's, like, state-level involvement with this mm-hmm. this plot. Like, I think it's sort of positioned as, like, pseudo-surgical strikes that we're only going to hit, like, military targets and hit these cities. But there's, like, the one attack, I don't remember where, I want to say Rawalpindi, but I could be getting it wrong, mm-hmm. where they, it ends up, like, hitting some chemical plants and basically, like, destroying the entire city, and they're just like, oh, oh well. Yeah, I and think it's like, is Islamabad or oh or Karachi? I yeah, it's one. It's it's, it's a, a major city anyway, and it's just like you realize this is like exactly the kind of stuff that just like perpetuates this cycle. If you're here, I don't know if you can hear there's explosions. The Minnesota State Fair is happening. Just like that kind of like it's fireworks disproportionate response to stuff. It's like this is this is why this happens. Mm-hmm. To a certain degree, at least. I mean, there are but other then they, elements, uh, but... basically have Pakistan by the balls, and they're like, it's going to be worse if you don't cooperate, and they yep. get the prime minister to cooperate with them. Oh, the one other, the one other, which, that reminds me of the one other element that I thought was sort of interesting or worthy in it is the, like, kind of Saudi angle that they include towards the end. Yeah. With the Saudi, like, fundraising element being right. contributors to ISIS and some of this stuff, and then also pointing oh, yeah. to... 9-11 stuff, which, which... Yeah. Yeah. Like... And is the thing that doesn't most get... Most of the hijackers Saudi? Or a good number of them? Uh, I always forget the number. I want to say 15 of 19. Okay, yeah. So, uh, most of them. Because Atta's Egyptian, Jiraz, Lebanese, um... Fuck. 
this I'll is sh- why we're on all the FBI watch lists. I'll show you. He's from UAE, and there was one other dude from UAE. So I, th- I think 15 of 19. Yeah. All the muscle and yeah. one, one of the pilots were Saudi. Right. Our so. good friends, the Saudis, who apparently National Enquirer is just, like, printing, like, glossy magazines about their sexiest princes and shit, putting yeah. them in Walmarts yeah. across the country. Um. Yeah, so that 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 it's was fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> like I think, as as basic material that is interesting to include, but it almost seemed like it was like a hey, they're all like this kind of thing. A little bit in terms of how they actually used it, like there's a factual basis for that funding mm-hmm. sort of thing, but it's also like, look, Pakistan is super crooked, Saudi Arabia is super crooked. Yeah. And so it's just this idea that, like, that's just what those people are like, kind of. As I recall, it seemed like it was being played that way a yeah. little bit. Well, and it is kind of interesting that the, like, one uh, good, like, Muslim character... Well, she's appropriately westernized. Right. So. She went to school in England. She's got a British accent. She went... She's liberated or whatever. Getting that, uh, getting that American D. Yep. Oh yeah, and there's a whole thing with them trying to escape on foot from Pakistan because there's been like a one of the, a big uh, EMP. An EMP and uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. Them getting out. Um, also, they have to break her out because uh, her dad gets her kidnapped and um, you know they're gonna torture her. I did appreciate those. Oh, like, also, she was molested by someone that she trained. Those couple of like little like prepper details. It's like the EMP thing because that comes up a ton of times in like mm-hmm. prepper things that like you know the grid goes down and you have to yeah. be able to. Uh, and then um, there were a few spots in the beginning. I don't I don't remember if I marked all of them, but all these like sort of like critical side mentions of FEMA. Uh, and like emergency response and turning things over to FEMA and them we having might be being bombed right now. having powers and stuff, which is like notorious conspiracy theory crap about like FEMA camps and people being thrown into FEMA I don't camps and stuff. That, but I might just there, there are like a handful of references to it. It's not there a lot, but it's in, it's like dog whistly. Is how I read it. Chapter where it was like, we're going to introduce these two fighter pilots who are about to drop, and then two pages of like details about their planes and like what kind of bombs they were carrying. Although that was less. I was just like, oh, I can skip all those pages. It wasn't quite as like tech jargony as I thought it would be, as some of these books are. Yeah. Let's get real here. Well, I've read. I think that's one reason I've sort of shied away from, like, straight-up prepper novels mm-hmm. uh, for this, because, like, I read reviews, and a lot of them are like, this is just, like, a gear catalog. It's yeah. Like, I don't, I don't care fun. about that. That's not fun. Can we talk about uh, uh, Monica's near rape? Can we? And not... I, this is not to say that being a woman in 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 the military or in intelligence services slash just in life, you're not at like heightened risk like that these like if you're a horrible murder person like that you wouldn't like rape any time you can. Sure. Um, but at one point, Monica is 
somebody higher up than her made a decision to like trust uh, Mexican um, authorities about some intel about the cartel and then they ended up getting ambushed and she's basically single-handedly like fighting trying to hold off a bunch of guys until someone can get her out yeah until let stark's team can get there and um she holds them off for a while she's like on the roof of a building and um she holds them off as long as she can and then they end up getting up there and they are about to rape her with a stick like a sharpened stick or pointy stick yep and um then Stark's team shows up and saves her or whatever. And Stark keeps the stick. He's got it in their fucking Blackhawk helicopter and shows it to her as, like, quote, motivation or something. Yep. And then there's a lot of jokes about, like, how she's groomed her pubic hair because apparently, like, the team saw it. Yeah. And then, like, Ryan teases her about it because they have, like, a thing. And it's, like, not cool. I mean, I understand Gallo's humor, but, like, unless she's the one making the jokes, it's just, like, why are you re-traumatizing this woman about, like, what almost happened to her? The, like, attempted rape that she just suffered through? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. obviously they were gonna kill her, but they were gonna, like, fuck her up pretty bad first. Yeah. Yeah. No, that whole part is... That's definitely a, a part where it's, like... It's capital P problematic. Dudes, dudes wrote this. Yeah. Because it's very, like, cavalier about the entire thing. Yeah. It's not... It's not okay. And then there's no... Uh, I mean, we do get, like, some of Monica's thought processes, obviously. Like, when you're, like, focusing on what her action is. But she has no emotional reaction to it, really. Which, like... Well, she if shouldn't. she's numb about it, that totally makes sense. But there's absolutely no, like, it's not written into the book that like she's upset or she is actually glad they're joking about it because that makes it easier. There's just no, like. I mean, I don't know if I'd really want to see these guys try to write a female character with depth. Right, it, it, and, and in this book, it very much reads because, like, a couple of the main spies are women, the president's a woman, Monica's a woman. And, like, to me, that just reads as, like, it's, you know, when was this published, like, last year or something? Like, it's 2017, we should have some of these, like, actors in this be women, because otherwise, like, no one's gonna want to read it but it kind of just seems like there's well they're women in name only right there's not a lot of acknowledgement about like and i'm not one of those people who's like men and women are so different because we're not we're all people but also there's no acknowledgement of things like the special nature of sexual trauma well like other than other than a couple wooden like kind of like love story angles so like Miriam and Gorman and Monica and uh Ryan what's his douche and the president and um maybe her like 
that other higher up dude who who saved her in Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, also, um, Salma and uh, uh, Montoya. Montoya, the drug cartel. Yeah. Other than those scenarios, uh, I mean, those characters all could have been men, and it wouldn't have made a difference. I don't really think. No. And also, they're all extremely attractive women. Well, yeah, they obviously. They talk about it. Everyone wants to bang them. I mean, I don't know if they talk about Vaccaro being hot, but I see It's implied, I think. And it's like, oh, a lady can be a badass as long as she's hot. Yeah. And, like, I guess I get for, like, Salma, like... They talk about how, like, the women in the Pakistani, like, intelligence, uh... Well, because they use them for like, honey trap purposes or whatever. people. Like, but... that's, like, what... And then, like, if you get above that, you're lucky. Yeah. And, like, Miriam got to skip that because her dad was in charge. Yeah. So, yeah, I understand how that would select for, you know, conventionally yeah, attractive hot. people, probably, but... Sure. But, like, there's, there's no, no reason, reason that, Monica that Monica or the president need to, need to be hot. Yeah. I get when you make, like, a movie you want to make, especially if it's not, like, an emotional, like, there's not emotional depth, like, why not cast beautiful people? Everyone likes looking at beautiful people. Yeah. But, like, this is a book. She doesn't need to be hot. There's no fucking reason other than, like... The authors just want to have, like, something to jerk off to when they're editing drafts. But, like, she kind of seems a little bit like a psychopath, so... Monica does? Or yeah. 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 No, she's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. A lot of these people are. And that's unsettling. I mean, I feel like they... Well, as veterans or people who've been parts of these operations, they probably all have, like, elements of PTSD. I'm sure the president does. Oh, yeah. They definitely all do. Uh, also something that's not dealt with in any even remote depth no like here's they kinda, the they kind of skim over it here's the traumatic nature of warfare and you know i guess it's sort of maybe it's implied maybe they think you know if you're the kind of person who's going to pick up this book you know you're sympathetic to that or maybe you yourself are a veteran and so you understand sort of what these people are bringing to the table but well just the i don't know i mean i guess it's not that unusual but the sort of idea that like these higher level administration figures need to have military experience and that that's something that's desirable because it's to me that's kind of like um what do they call those it's like a it's like a death penalty certified jury or whatever like when you're selecting juries for jury members for death penalty cases they Uh need to be like willing to impose it and I feel like that's the same thing with having veterans in administration positions that like these people are basically you know pre you know they're you know they're willing to do this because they themselves did it and so they're not going to be like loath to throw the military in there when they need to as right. if that's like a virtue which I'm not convinced that it is necessarily no like every character in here is no matter what their actual job is is like like combat hardened fucking carries a gun and there's absolutely no recognition of things like like intelligence based on like relationships and stuff not like 
um, you know, through torturing people or like holding a gun to their head? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I like the, yeah, I feel like there's a word for it. Like actual like using like. I mean, there's some stuff with like the diplomats, but it's all like give us the information we want about ISIS, where ISIS camps are, so we can bomb them, or else we'll like bomb your civilian cities. Yeah, no, it's like full on like Armitage shit. Wasn't that was, he was the one who said like we'll bomb you into the Stone Age, post nine eleven? I think. Mm, that sounds like a thing that happened. One of one of the less overtly war criminally of the like early Bush administration <laughs> figures, but still probably a war criminal. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's no real weight given to the idea of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the, well, I don't know, one of those sort of useful kind of 9-11, post-9-11 parallels that they don't really do much stuff with, is the idea that, like, Afghanistan and or Iraq could have been handled very differently. Yeah. Uh, and that's something they don't really seem to be too interested in here. No. Because, yeah, any dealing with Pakistan sort of post-attribution is, like, ultimatum stuff, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, you give us exactly what we want, or we will, you know, just obliterate your major cities. Yeah. Well, and the way they, like, extort the Saudis and, like, the Qataris and stuff, who are supposed to help them rebuild New York City at the end. Yeah. Like, we know you funded this, and we will bomb you if you don't help us rebuild. Yeah. Which, in some ways, I kind of respect, but it's also super fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, the citizens of those countries didn't vote to fund, like, the bombing of the United States. Well, and you know, I mean, just sort of based on how Saudi Arabia operates, that it's not the uh, royalty that are going to suffer for that. No. Mm -mm. That they'll take, you know, their oil billions and they will still live their lifestyles and it will just be the average yeah. Saudi person who suffers. Yes. Which is the same, I mean, this is a different sort of debate, but with the idea of um, how you sort of respond to Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Uh, with the sort of post-Gulf War One sanctions regime, which only works if you have a socially responsible leader who yeah. cares about people. Sure. Otherwise, you just screw people. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting wrinkle in that... Um, Stalin biography I'm reading. Okay. Uh, Saddam Hussein, big Stalin fan, which is not at all surprising. Somebody grew the mustache. Potentially. Yeah, but that sort of idea of holding the the larger population responsible for the um you know the deeds of a few people is stupid. Well, like I'm not. Obviously, this is a fictional book, but it's 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 based in some uh, clearly real life issues. And, like, I don't, I recognize that I'm not smart enough and I don't know enough about this shit to, like, have alternate solutions. But I also am, like, I feel like all the solutions are fucked up. Maybe we should find, try to find the least fucked up solutions that, like, involve, like, trying to make the lives of people across the world, like, less horrible because, like, with less poverty and desperation, there's less violence. That's just, you know, hashtag facts. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know how to do that, but, I mean, I feel like Elon Musk could be spending on money on something other than, like, a shitty child rescue submarine. 
Did you see that shit the other day? It was on one of my music blogs that, like, Jack White played a concert at uh, the Tesla factory <laughs> for, like, the workers. That's, like, the white person hipsteriest, like, tech douche nonsense I've ever heard. Well, and Jack White's got all his, like, Detroit auto industry kind of bullshit happening. Mm-hmm. Which I get to a certain degree, but it's like, bro, this is like a non-union billionaire vanity project. Like, do you really want to be, you know, repping that? I don't. I don't think you do. I mean, that dude is like, I think he may have his own mental health issues, but yeah, uh, it's just kind of like, bro, because bro. Also, because really, bro. Nikolai Tesla wanted everyone to have like free electricity. Socialism. I mean, he was, like, Slavic or whatever. It's a bad sign. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think they're... Well, and so much of that stuff... Not to say that, like, the ship has sailed on it, but these are, like, you know, legacy issues from, like, centuries of just, like, garbage. Yeah. And so, very difficult to sort of dig out of, obviously. Guys. Yeah, no, there's complexity behind all that that this, you know, novel certainly does not even no. remotely touch on. Right, there's not, there's not, it's like... And it's not meant, well, it's not meant to be overtly political in that way, but it still has a passive a, politics to yeah, it. Yeah, no, there's a politics to this book that's about, like, any, mean ne- any means necessary to protect the United States and its interests. Well, it's like Western vod- logic versus, like, Eastern primitivism. Yeah. Kind of. But it's like, you're both killing people. And even if the, but we're, like, we're killing the right people, though, so it's right. okay. The characters in here are, yeah, they're shooting all the correct people, but they're still shooting a shit ton of people. Yeah. And that's literally the solution. It's just like, blow them up. Blow them up. Not like, hey, let's think about, like, why is ISIS appealing? Why does it appeal to young people? What's going on? How could we maybe get in um, and reach vulnerable people, particularly young men, especially in Western countries where, like, we have more influence and, like, how could we make them feel less disenfranchised and, you know, like, so that this radical ideology doesn't appeal to them? Like, have, like, have we not thought of that? Honestly, I think the best way to do it would be I don't know if you could institute some kind of like Muslim ban. Oh, I mean they are just like that, aren't they? Yeah. It's like you go to mosque, they give you a suicide bomb, uh, you make uh, some delicious baklava, and then uh, you kill some infidels. When you're just constantly. Right, that's all the Muslim things, right? Constantly waiting for opportunities for like, oh, here's a humanitarian crisis. Let's you know, hijack that to infiltrate, you know, the great Satan. And oh, you do keep your wife in a cupboard, though. Yeah, obviously. that shit's fucked up. That's where where she belongs. But yeah, no, it's. I guess I wouldn't necessarily expect a novel like this to get you know too deep into to pol- to political stuff in no. that way. But it's like I don't know. And I don't it, it it is like present in its absence. Again, it's grocery store patriot porn. Yeah. And there's all this gross stuff because like Gorman's wife 
uh, was in the World Trade Center and died in 9-11. Well, and there's, like, Ray, the stupid, like, firefighter cop character or whatever his deal is. Oh, yeah. He's, like, um... Is he, like, Middle Eastern... Of Middle Eastern descent or something, I think. I think so. And so they're like, this guy's Middle Eastern, but he fucking is a hero because he was, like, in the blast zone and knew he was going to die of, um radiation poisoning and so just like went and like went through all these buildings to find survivors in the like contaminated zone um because other people couldn't be in that area as long because of the radiation yeah exposure and so he's like a fucking hero or whatever but also is completely pointless character i also sort of i guess i didn't think about that until now but i appreciated well appreciated the, the way they handle that, where it's like, we actually care about our first responders and aren't going to expose them to hazardous conditions versus, like, yeah you know, the number of people who got, like, sick and have died from, like, ground zero yeah stuff of just inhaling whatever yeah. from the, the, like, World Trade Center collapses. And it's like, no, in this case, you know, we're making very sure that, which is different with radiation, I suppose, yeah. because it's more of a known factor, but like being very you know cautious with first responders versus being like really kind of careless with first responders which was sort of the case on 9-11 in a lot of ways but uh so that's like a whitewashing a little bit yeah but it also kind of feels like that was supposed to be some like inspirational shit like okay there's at least one like vaguely muslim dude who's been properly americanized so we don't hate all muslims yeah. It's only if they buy into, like, the American ideology, then they're fine. Well, and those, those parts seemed, like, really kind of riveted on. Cause, they felt shoehorned. Yeah. He's not a very integrated character other than he encounters Gorman's sister or whatever, because she's, like, a, a, like nurse. A, a nurse or a doctor In or whatever. Yeah, it's not... I but, think that's like, like, has an, no I other involvement. Like an editor was like, hey, can we get, like... A Muslim American character who's not evil. Yeah, and so they stick in like five chapters in the entire book about that, and then the other like ninety-five chapters are about other things. And obviously, managing that nuclear crisis would have been is a huge deal because there's also like the terrorists were hoping like by blowing up New York and Houston and possibly San Francisco also to like. Um, a lot of consumer goods and food come through those harbors and so like it would destabilize the economy and cause shortages and so like there's shit about like um, riots and looting and stuff well it's also for me that it's supposed to like destabilize the US in addition to like the actual like destruction on the side of the bombings for me too that was like I think unintentionally a like critique of capitalism because it's like, here's here's the flaw in your just-in-time sort of, like, supply chain approach to things. Yeah. That you bring things in, like, the day before or the day you put them out. That works really well and is is efficient in a certain way. Yeah. But if it gets disrupted at all, is a nightmare. Yeah. And so, like, I, I don't think they meant that at all to be a critique of that. Right. And Americans but, are so, like, used to that that like as soon as they can't get what they want as soon as they want 
or think they need it, then they'll fucking riot. Well, and that might be that sort of shallow prepper content, too. Well, because there is that moment at, like, outside, like, I think, like, a Walmart in... Isn't fucking Tyler, Texas, where that happens? It's definitely in Texas, because it's when when the when Houston, the port, is kind of shut down yeah. when they're... Tyler, Texas, where I actually have a friend who's from there. There's so... Yeah, because they kind of, like, go into the uh, point of view of this, like, random cop. He's, like... I think he's supposed to be, like, a black dude who moved there from Chicago to live, like, a quieter life or some shit. Yeah. And they have to, like, guard this Walmart from looters um, because they're gonna, like, ration out the food. And But people are like, no, we want it now. Well, and it's like... They're, and then they're, the they're terrorists all these... end up coming through and he, like, reports suspicious behavior and it ends up being a thing. But, like... There are all these sort of problematic parts of that section, too, where it's like... I think that character at one point calls, like rioters idiots or like protesters idiots yeah and it's this idea that like rioting and looting and protesting are the same thing that that enables terrorism because it allows these suspects to sort of work their way through Mm -hmm. and again is another one of those spots where it's like this is what the failure of capitalism looks like where it's like people need products the system cannot provide for them yeah the system attempts to sort of like manage that and does like a piss poor job of it people have demands outside of that and therefore you know shows how this doesn't work which is like the standard i don't know but it's that standard sort of like i don't know demonization of the poor Mm -hmm. and minorities uh as looters when they're acquiring things that the you know current system will not provide to them basically Right. If it's a if it's a a white family that is like taking bread off the shelves of a store without paying, they're finding food for their starving family. Yeah. You know, if it's a person of color, they're looting. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's Katrina shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was another part that was like pretty dog whistly, where they're not saying it in so many words, but it's like clearly sort of implied what's happening here. Right. No, I mean, there's a. It's less overt than I expected. The kind of like, um, obviously, this the first author builds himself as Colonel David Hunt, and according to the back flap of the book, he spent almost thirty years fighting our nation's wars, and has also been a commentator on Fox News for more than sixteen years. Um, and then the other dude, R.J. P. Uh, Pinero is written a bunch of. He's a 30 year veteran of the computer industry, including a novel called Cyber Terror. So that's kind of where we're coming from here. Is, um, and not that everybody in the military is like right wing, but I think it, you know, especially if you uh, stay in the military for that long, you tend to kind of have a certain kind of point of view. Well, I think too. And it's. It, and it's by nature a conservative institution conservative to, to advance little c to advance it sort of selects for that mm-hmm. i think in a lot of cases yeah um, yeah yeah well you have to i mean in order to function in the military you have to buy in i th- think i hit pretty much everything 
that I yeah, wanted to. Yeah, I expected to. it to be more offensive than it was, but there were enough little moments where I was like, okay, yep, showing your true colors. It's there. It's not overwhelming. And by the way, these colors don't run. Yep. <laughs> and all the colors are white. Yes, for white people. Yeah, no, not not as overtly offensive as I thought it could be. The content is definitely there, but I think it's downplayed a little bit. Um, so I don't know if that's an editorial decision or if they just tried to lean on the like action aspect of it. Because like you were yeah. saying before, like when you get into the actual action parts, it's not too bad. It's yeah, the second like, it's pretty half readable. Of the book goes a lot faster because it's less like trying to like um, sketch sympathetic personalities of human beings, and it's more just like, okay, you met you met these people, um, they're gonna, like, do a bunch of shooting and chasing and stuff, and it's like, okay, they're trying to beat the clock, like, I know how action movies work, this is vaguely compelling. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But when it's, like, trying to, to empathize with them as human beings, it's like, um, uh, I guess maybe not shocking for a book called Without Mercy with this particular picture on the front of it, it's like, I shouldn't expect too much character development. <laughs> Well, I don't, I'm trying to think if there were any characters I actually liked. I felt for Miriam, I think. We found out her dad was bombing America. And yeah. Was, like, in love with that American dude. And then they, he kept, like, they were trying to escape from Pakistan on foot. And her boyfriend kept getting, like, knocked out by bombs and shit. She was alright. I was rooting for them to get out of there. Yeah. Even though I'm sure they've done tons of sh- you know, sketchy shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, but... And, like, I knew they wouldn't let the terrorists blow up Washington, D.C., but I was like, I guess breaking all the laws of the United States and, uh, you know, various Geneva Conventions and things is fine if we don't, if we're able to prevent the deaths of hundreds of thousands. Although I did sort of appreciate another moment I kind of appreciated was... uh the like oh shit moment in New York mm-hmm. where uh, uh, Malik is trying to get the the ship into the harbor or whatever he can do yeah. with it and you've got like heroic SEAL Team 6 coming in to try to save things oh, yeah. at the last minute and then they get there and they're like facing the device and realize they're fucked yeah and they uh, was nice just because I mean obviously you don't want to see that fail or people die or the the larger sort of attack but it's to me it was more like a sort of demystification of that like whole like seal porn kind of thing because there's all sorts I of like make a seal noise but they kind of and they kind of clap with their little um, gross like post bin laden raid stuff because i read mm-hmm. uh one of those books by like one of the sort of purported shooters and watched a couple like Fox News interviews with one of the other guys and it's just like I feel like a lot of the worst aspects of kind of like military hyper masculinity get funneled into those groups just because it's supposedly like the elite best of the best kind of guys who are yeah. in, in SEAL teams um, well and that kind of shit is like kind of um, I, don't know, I guess I shouldn't get into it but as you know, my master's thesis was about energy drinks, but it was also about, like, m- like military-based masculinity and yeah. like, the culture around that and the politics in, the, like, a post-9-11 era. And, like, just how, in some ways, it seems kind of, like, quaint and Bush era that we're like, ooh, the troops. And I don't remember what I was going to say after that. 
because I'm two and a half drinks in, I think. But I appreciated that. I mean, I think it was sort of inevitable in a book of that length. And at the beginning, you need that sort of... Not that the attack on Af- the uh, base in Afghanistan doesn't matter, but it's more dramatic to have an attack right. you know, on American, on American soil, soil yeah. in New York where 9-11 happened. And, uh, well, it's a major, I guess, the most widely covered part of 9-11 happened. Where most of the people died. Uh, and... You know, you need that sort of instigating event, so it's not necessarily surprising that it succeeded, but that you have a moment where the standard hero narrative doesn't really hold Mm -hmm. necessarily, that, like, people fail in a pretty visible sort of way early on. Yeah, well, and then there's... As as a prelude to greater successes, but... But there is a... uh, And obviously this is what makes the book exciting, is that they're in, like, fucking... Uh, like outer ring suburban DC like in Virginia when they finally like do a second EMP or whatever and um, are able to disable all the cars and stuff and like they figure out it's that one Pakistani business dude's trucks or whatever so that they can find the device and disable it. Listen what we're saying is, is this was the best book we've ever read? Yeah. It's not problematic in any way nope. um, in its engagement with um, larger uh, geopolitical issues. You just shoot all the terrorists with all the different guns, and they will describe the, the guns in the book in great detail. Yep. Glad there's a sequel, because, uh, spoiler alert, Monica and Ryan don't end up together at the end. What? She ends up being the main character, but they really lean heavy on the president at the beginning. Yeah. Who seemed more interesting to me, honestly. I think I would have rather seen a little bit more about her, but... I guess she's there mostly as, like, the renegade to, like, green light all this sketchy off-book stuff mm-hmm. that's happening. Special satellite phones. Sat phones. It's basically just Monica the whole time, like, talking on a, a satellite phone saying, Fuck you, I do what I want. Yep. And then she wins. Yep. Just wearing a sexy tank top the whole time, or at least on the cover. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is a book that happened. It happened. I'm glad that it happened past tense, it and that it's not continuing like to happen. Homework so hard. Yeah, I think this is well. There so, have, and this delay in episode is all me for there, there, not wanting to read it. There have been others, but this is definitely one that encourages me to sort of like have that soft 300 page rule. Uh, yeah, it's a 692 page book. And it reads quickly, but it's like it's just <laughs> a lot of stuff. The font is large. The font is large with a lot of spacing. There's small pages, but it's it's still shit. Yeah. If you would like to get in touch with us, um, you can go to our website, which is couplesbookclub.blog. You can email us at couplesbookclubcast at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, which I encourage you to join. Um, rate, review, and subscribe us on your local podcast purveyors. And, um, oh, and we are, uh, I just recently uh, got an email that we, you can get this podcast on the iHeartRadio app if you are a sellout like that. Fucking sellouts. Um... Then this book, okay, so the next book we're reading, Isaac started reading it, and he was like, 
Oh, this is really good. We should read it. It oh, looks it's only it, like three fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say it might break the three hundred page rule, but it's about three fifty, but it doesn't look too bad. No. So for next time, um, in a non-hate reread, we will be reading "Creepy Crawling," Charles Manson and the Many Lives of America's Most Infamous Family by Jeffrey Melnick. Yeah, and so I, th- I think it's gonna be really a good a good palate cleanser after this minor atrocity. Okay, friends. Um, oh, I think I, I I said I was gonna throw in a uh, a Mark shout out. Oh yes. This one. So to Mark, devoted friend and and listener. Uh, just get, getting you in here now you're famous among our with dozens of massive listeners. listenership had, I don't want to say multiple thousands but over a thousand listens Mark's great thanks for listening I will also do a shout out to my friend Anna who told me our podcast is a delight okay bye <laughs> <laughs>